Welcome to Divine Way TV Podcast, Season 2, where we talk all things real estate, money, motivation, and mindset. So let's hop right into it. Today's special guest is none other than, none other than Jerry Beverly, top agent in the Bay Area. Greg, you have some things you want to share or, or hype up about Jerry? Oh, Jerry, has, he is a uh, new millionaire. How does new money feel? <laughs> feels good. Uh-huh. Yeah, it feels great. Yeah, it feels good. It's very stressful. Do they say more money, more problems? More money, more problems. Definitely, for sure. <laughs> so that's true. That is definitely true. Okay. Well, we're, yeah. by the end of this episode, you know, there, there's a whole audience of, of uh, aspiring millionaires and new millionaires and millionaires in process, in progress. And by the end of you, you'll be able to connect with Jerry's story by the end of this episode and hopefully learn some, uh, you know, shortcuts along the way, mistakes that you've made, what you do different. We want to share that with the audience. So, uh, uh, Greg, what, you know, how did y'all meet? We met through a, a friend of ours who's actually we've done some real estate deals with as well, Robert Mitchell. Um, I got a phone call that Robert Mitchell was, uh, Rob was finding people that, to knock on doors and mm-hmm. um, door knocking with bird dogging, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. Um, finding deals, hustling, and bringing properties to us. So once they've called us for the property, we'd take a look at it and mm-hmm. we'd either buy it, not buy it, and pay them a, a finder's fee. What do they call that? Wholesaling? Yeah, wholesaling, bird dogging. Yep. Something like that. Yeah, that's what we were doing. But you were in the streets of, of Oakland all over, huh? Oh, I was in the streets of Oakland. You know, I realized how deep in the streets I was when uh, I would go home and see that people got shot on the streets that I was door knocking on. Wow. Yeah. So you, you were a survivor. We're with a survivor today. <laughs> I'm a survivor. Yeah. You're right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I didn't know. I didn't know. I didn't, you know, like... I, I never really hung out in Oakland, never had a reason to be in Oakland. Uh, so, you know, you hear of East Oakland, you hear the stories, but uh, it's a little bit different when you're there and you kind of, you know, you could put a street with a with a recent crime. Yeah. So you're actually, so our audience knows, uh, give us a little bit, you're from Pittsburgh, California, right? Yep. Pittsburgh, CA, no H. They call it the box. You know, a lot of us don't make it out the box. Thank God I was able to make it out the box and hopefully I can inspire others that are still there. All right. You know. And you have, uh, I guess, quite a few friends and family still in Pittsburgh? Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, shout out to Pittsburgh. Shout out to everybody. Keep your head up. So you made it out. And not only did you make it out, you, you learned how to thrive. And uh, let, let's jump into that story about how we met and how you were able to step out of your, uh, your group of your circle, your mm-hmm. social circle, and how that ultimately changed your life, right? Yeah, no, big time. I think, you know, that, that network is your net worth is uh, the true testament to my life. Um, it, uh, I guess it started with me just bird dogging, being around you guys. Uh, I know, um, like, I didn't see many African-Americans uh, making money in different spaces than what I saw on TV in the entertainment space. So <clears throat> I want to say you guys were the first ones that introduced me to a, a different life outside of Pittsburgh and and then gave me the knowledge to to be able to do the same. No, it it's it comes to like I guess the audience know needs to know that we have we've had tons of people come around us. We've had um they, I've had Uber drivers who've had that job mm-hmm. work in my office, mm-hmm. um, yeah. pest control people, uh, anybody that that we ex NFL yes ex NFL <laughs> athletes. Yeah. College um, athletes. Teach, yes, all everything has will give an opportunity because you see you give you present the opportunity to people 
and then you actually see who takes it and grabs it and runs with it. And uh, what you see years later, mm -hmm. you're still here. And, mm -hmm. and why do you think? What, what separates you from everyone else that cycled through the given, office? Yeah, that, yeah. That, 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 that cycled through. Yeah. Oof. Uh, man, that's a good question. I, you know, I think it was just like my mindset, and I, I truly appreciated the advice that was given. Uh, sometimes I had to take a step back and, and really understand that I'm kind of getting a PhD in what I'm doing. Uh, I think a lot of people come into it wanting to make money fast. Um, and how I looked at it was that the knowledge that I was given from you guys would never go away. So I can't really uh, pitter-patter over dollars and cents when I started. Um, and also, it was, uh, I think it was just the art of, 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 of selling that, that kept me around. And you guys just let me drive your cars, and I wanted cool cars. <laughs> you did. You did. You got to enjoy some nice cars, huh? Oh, yeah. I'm driving an S550 to Pittsburgh. That never happened. You know, I drove a, uh, what did you have? A four? four. I had the you had the E? e? Had it was the, the white. I had an S550, big, the S550. big body. I had the CLS. Mm -hmm. The CLS, the yeah, white the one, CLS, custom. Yeah, yeah. yeah I always take girls on dates. Butter, yeah, interior. But, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. That, that was clean. Mm -hmm. yeah, that was that clean. That was real clean. Yeah, yeah. You guys would drive that. That's why I stuck around. I wanted one. <laughs> <laughs> I wanted one. <laughs> so no. what, when we first met, what were you pushing at day one? Uh, Prius. Prius, all yeah. right. Still got it. Still got it. Yeah. Uh-huh. But but you that's not your daily now. What's your new daily? Um, I have a I have a Tesla. Mm -hmm. Actually, I have the Prius though. I took mm -hmm. the Prius out. I'm, I'm humbling myself right now. That's why yeah. I have my Jordans on. I saw that. I have. You probably never seen me wear Jordans. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm humbling myself. Well, crime is high right now in Oakland. People are getting hit a lick every day. Yeah, you're you right. Know? So yeah. you, it, it, sometimes you got to be humble for your own yeah. safety. You disguise yourself as the robber so you don't get robbed. There you go. Ooh. There you go. I don't know if I can sell them. That was podcast. a tip right there. You can. Yeah, you hey. can. Yeah. You can. So I want to. I want to hop into the story about now you're you're learning from the Divine Brothers mm -hmm. on how to wholesale properties. That means knocking on doors, approaching distressed sellers, and ultimately finding deals. But one of the challenges for wholesalers is, of course, it's a challenge to find the opportunity, but financing the opportunity mm -hmm. and learning how to close a deal is uh, is what separates the winners from the losers. So. Um, what are some of the things that you learned that allow you to secure and close contracts? Ooh, I mean, one I'm still working on is empathy, having empathy for people who are in those situations. That was, I'm kind of black and white. I kind of, you know, kind of just kind of say it how I see it. And good thing Greg used to tell me, man, you're kind of rough with your uh, empathy. You know, somebody just like passed away, right? <laughs> it's like, yeah, I, I do, but you know, you gotta like act like it. Because I was like, okay, they said, hey, you know, this is Jerry. I'm calling about the home on one, two, three Main Street. I'm looking for Betty. Oh, Betty passed. Okay, um, who's the owner? You're right? Yeah. No, no empathy <laughs> there. That was no, no empathy. empathy. So, okay, yeah. okay. After you got that phone, I, I walked over to you and I said, uh, I. In the, in, whole other office but I heard that phone call go down I'm like like man this cat doesn't even care <laughs> yeah I was like Jerry, cold blooded it's a cold at, world out there at least at least fake it <laughs> right <laughs> just ask. okay okay so let's look for the audience let's redo that phone call how would Jerry handle that phone call today like I said this is still a work in progress I think if I were to hear hey you know uh Betty pass you know hey Mark I'm really sorry to hear about that really sorry to hear about that sorry for your loss and I would just let it 
just pause there. Then you'd pause and wait for them to speak. Exactly. Okay. As opposed mm-hmm. to old Jerry would be like, okay, who's who's in charge? <laughs> right. How can we close this transaction? Right. She's dead. Who is the executor of the trust? Yeah. Right. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. I, would, I walked into that room and, and said, you didn't even ask why or how? Yeah, no, I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> no. Did you end up closing on that transaction? Yeah, we did. You did? Yeah, we, we ended up that, bringing them to the office. Oh, that one? Oh, you did? Yeah, okay. we ended up bringing them to the office and, and talking through it. Talking so, through it. okay, so the audience is sitting there trying to figure out, now how the hell did Jerry go from, uh, you know, Pittsburgh, California, you went to college in Washington State? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Whitworth University, shout out to Whitworth University, the school. Were you a college athlete? I was a college athlete, yeah. Okay, yeah. and and you, you had aspiring dreams to go to the NBA, I take it? Yeah, until I realized I was 5'8". Five 5'8". Eight. Five eight. Yeah, you grew a little bit, didn't you? Yeah, well, I was 5'6 when I graduated okay. high school. It's like little dudes in high school. In, mm-hmm. in, at Pittsburgh, it's a lot of little dudes okay. in Pittsburgh in general. You don't know this. And then I went to junior college, and I was like, man, this dude's 6'3", and he's in my position. Okay, I gotta start. I gotta. I gotta start studying. I gotta figure out how I'm gonna make this work. I'm not going to the league. Okay, so you started planning. You made a contingency plan while mm-hmm. you were in school mm-hmm. to figure out what did you think was gonna be the way your ticket to wealth what, uh, while you were in those college days. Does real estate come to mind, or were you? What were you thinking? No, real estate does not come to mind. Uh, honestly, what comes to mind is get really good grades. Um, you know, and find a corporate job. Okay. That's gonna make me rich. Actually, I was just gonna make me equal. That's what I thought. Yeah, mm-hmm. because you're, you know, shout out to your parents, mom and dad. Mm-hmm. Shout out to mom and dad. What were they doing? What you know, that was kind of your role model, right? So, what are mm-hmm. you seeing mom and dad doing as a career? Uh, my mom was a teacher, and then my dad was a UPS driver. So I saw a lot of hard work. I saw my dad waking up really early morning. I saw him coming home really late at night and just providing. That's all I knew. At what point in your life did you, when you jumped into real estate or even tried to get it or started the process, did you say, you know what, this is what I'm going to do? It was when uh, I had a corporate job at the time. Rob and I were knocking. I wasn't doing much as a knocker, but he brought a deal. And to this day, I keep a spreadsheet of how much money I bring in and how much money I spend. And in that month, I made an extra $1,200. And at the time, I was probably making 2500 a month. So to see the extra 1200 on top, that's when I think that uh, I realized that I needed to try to um, like supplement in some kind of way. And then getting a license, and I, I, I got paid $10,000 in one month. And that's when I knew, like, okay, yeah, let me just try to make this work because I think it'll be worth it. The seed was planted. The seed was planted there, yeah. All right, and so now you're... You're coming to the office every day, so you're seeing either Greg or myself mm-hmm. on a daily basis. Mm-hmm. And um, did you think about giving up real estate at that time? You know, because a lot of people hit some roadblocks and they say, fuck it, I'm done. Mm-hmm. You know, did you think about giving up then? Um, no, what I would do is I would start finding other jobs. Like, I remember one time Greg was at the office, I'd ask him, do you need a ride home? Because I'm now an Uber driver as well. <laughs> <laughs> so I was trying to find little odd jobs in, bet- in between being an agent. Uh, income streams. Income streams, yes. right? But you start realizing, like, well, I'm waking, working way too hard to try to make this. And, uh, yeah, I just kind of had to stop. But, yeah, just. So, so if somebody is wants to jump and kind of follow your, your path, would you tell them that success and money 
is not instantaneous? Ooh, it's, it's, That's it's a big word. Could you Google instant, instantaneous? Yeah, instantaneous? It's not. Well, it's, it's not it, saying, it's, you're going to be broke for a minute. <laughs> okay. Yes. Oh, okay. Gotcha. <laughs> yes. Gotcha. It doesn't yes. just, it's not overnight success. No, not at all. All right. Not at all. It's not overnight. And honestly, you never feel like you really have money. You feel more comfortable, but you never feel rich because you start spending more to make more. Ah, reinvesting. Yes. Yeah, reinvesting in myself. Okay. And so now you're, you're coming into the office. Not only are you starting to find deals and opportunities for yourself, but um, you make a decision at some point that you want to buy your first investment property. What did, what did that look like? Oh, my first investment property. Um, were you scared? I was. Mm. Oof. Yeah. How were you able to pull the trigger? How was I able to pull the trigger? Is this where you shout out dad? Yeah, shout okay. out to my dad. They, they allowed that to happen. I, I, I worked a deal with them. I worked a deal with them. There's a kid out there right now that has the mentality to go and and the gift to Gab to show the, his parents or her parents the numbers so that your parents would support your investment mm-hmm. idea. What was your approach? How did you um, structure or show your mom and dad that you can take the money, whatever they had, and, and grow it? Okay. I think it's a few steps to that. I think for, it was like my late 20s, and I would ask, they would always say, what do you want for Christmas? Like, I'm way too old to get things for Christmas. I want a four-unit building. I did this for three years straight. I want a four-unit building for Christmas. You spoke it to existence. For huh? three years. And they were looking at me like I'm crazy. Like, yo, miss me with this, dude. Like, what are you talking about? Um, long story short, we ended up having a property that I could exchange. Uh, and what I did was just work something out with them. Look, this is how much you're making off this property, which is nothing. And you're actually paying to keep this property. How about... You allow me to work a deal with you so that I go ahead and exchange these funds into a four-unit building. Okay, so you're speaking, mom and dad owned a single-family residence or a townhouse or something like that? Yeah, single-family residence. And what city was that? That was in American Canyon. American Canyon, all right. Near Vallejo. So did you move into it? I did. I was living there. Okay, so you're living there now and you're renting out rooms, right, to try to offset the mortgage payment? You were already like a landlord. I was. I was actually receiving unemployment, $400 every two weeks. It wasn't this pandemic unemployment. Y'all are way too rich off this unemployment. <laughs> but it was the old school unemployment, like 400 bucks, And I rented out both rooms for $750 a piece. So I was making $1,500 plus my 400 And I was knocking on doors. And that's, uh, that's when I first got my real estate license. That's how much I was making. Wow. Yeah. And that was the house that... Um, I kept telling them, hey, look, we're going to sell this and we're going to buy a four unit. So, so a lot of parents out there, um, well, a lot of kids that have these parents out there, or, or, or and they're always going to look, look at you as a child. Oh, yeah. Yeah, big time. They're, they're never, I mean, they, they wiped your ass as a kid. You're mm-hmm. always so, their baby, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. How did you push past the idea for letting you control pretty much the family's anything that they, they have their 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 money one dollar in their in their pocket How that was their money? sole asset right they're, they're yeah outside of their home which is their biggest liability mm-hmm. if you have one house for your whole life yeah that was their biggest so they trusted you with that yeah no they didn't they didn't trust you how did you how did you make them trust <laughs> you? so I think I think what I had to do was what Greg did was Greg oh, gave shit, me the opportunity to um Greg gave me the opportunity to invest in one of his flips. And I think this changed, uh, this definitely changed mom's mindset. 
right? Because I said, hey, look, give, give me some money, and I'm going to give it back to you. So what she did was she allowed us to invest. And once I gave her that money back, I think the rest was history. Okay, so you had a successful investment with, uh, with mom's money. Yeah. And what was the – so you invested in one of Greg's deals, right? Mm-hmm. And, um, and how long – what did you invest? What was your return? And what was the timeline involved? Invested 5000 5000 And made 1500 on it. In how long? That was like, what, a month or maybe a month, maybe, maybe two months? I think a month. Something yeah, like that? A couple months. Yeah, something like that. So that's when your investment, you're, you know, just like shifted your mindset. That shifted the family's mindset. The family. Yeah, that shifted the family's mindset. And I mean, that, that made them realize, like, okay, I can give my son $5,000. He's not going to go spend it. Mm-hmm. He actually just holds on to it and gave me all my money back, and he made money. There you go. That was the first, like, real, I want to say, investment that made sense for both uh, me and the family. Um, and I think from there, after them seeing me just do real estate and drop everything, mm-hmm. that uh, they're like, all right, we'll, we'll try. We'll try to take Damn. you a chance. I, I, I did move out of that house, though, without telling them. But didn't, and, so you ended up selling that house in American Canyon that was your mom and dad's sole investment outside of their single-family home. Mm-hmm. And, what, and what were the proceeds from that sale? Do you remember how much you got from the sale of that home? One hundred and seventy-five thousand. Okay. And I needed, I needed uh, like two oh five. So I did take about thirty thousand dollars of my own money to make that deal happen. Okay. And what was the deal that you found? How did you find it? How did you get financing? Let the audience know because that was essentially your first ever purchase. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so um, we went through a what, was Premier it a, Lending. Premier Lending. Okay. Yeah, I think it was Shout Premier out Lending. Premier Shout out Premier you. Lending. Um, I needed that amount of money to, down, so I, I put in a contingent offer on the sale of American Canyon. What does that mean in layman's terms for the people out there? Like what? It, Meaning that I had to sell American Canyon in order for me to qualify for the four-unit building. Okay, and so you. That was essentially like your, you needed that as collateral mm-hmm. as your down payment. Okay. Now is a contingent offer a strong offer? It's the weak offer. Very, very weak offer. Good thing I knew the agents that listed it. Shout out to you guys. You know who you are. I know it got a kind of, got a little shifty. It went left a little <laughs> it bit. It went left a little bit. But, but y'all ride it to the ship, right? It's cool. Yeah, yeah. No, mm-hmm. I think we're okay now. So why would somebody take a contingent offer? Let someone know, the, the audience, they need to know. What was the benefit of them taking your offer? The benefit of them taking that offer was they wanted to sell the property. I, I had a good relationship with them, and uh, their property was sitting on the market for some time. So it was either you guys sell it to a contingent, not a strong offer, and you get this deal done, or you risk the chance of uh, losing your seller as a client. So distress. It was in somewhat. It was somewhat distressed. It was in litigation. Yes. To be honest, it was yeah. in litigation, meaning that. That the, the, the current seller tried to do an illegal rent increase, um, and it, it, the property was deemed uh, inhabitable, um, and he was getting sued. So I went in and bought it, and I took on the so lawsuit. Now, was it really an inhabitable? Not really. <laughs> yeah, okay. yeah. No, not really. I, because a bank is gonna, isn't going to give you a loan on a property that is not habitable 
at least, right? Correct. Yeah. Correct. So what a lot of people don't understand is that a tenant could call the city of Oakland and, like, it had it happened to us, mm -hmm. and cover up a heater, and then say your your their property doesn't have a heater, mm -hmm. and then you get like a red mark, and you just have to bring the city back over, show them the heater, show them what is if the property is actually habitable or not. But that can one tenant can destroy your investment. Exactly. And uh, they don't have to pay rent Correct. during that time when they say it's not habitable. These are called professional tenants. Yep. It happens. Yep. Every, it happens they get, all they get free um, financial support, right? Mm -hmm. they free, yeah, it's all free. So mm -hmm. shout out to all of our tax dollars that go to pay for that. Rent adjustment program. Put yeah. Wrap wrap, on the, map. Wrap. the rent board, whoever it is. Board. But, <laughs> but so the audience is trying to tune in. They're saying, okay. Jerry got about $175,000 from the sale of the home in, in American Canyon. Mm -hmm. And what was the purchase price of your fourplex? $635,000. So, so you, some people out there saying, oh, well, I need $635,000 to buy a fourplex in Oakland. That's not true. Mm -hmm. You put a down payment of how much? Was it like 30%, something like that? It was like a little under, it was like a little more than 20%, like 22%, 23%, something like that. Mm -hmm. Okay. So that was your down payment. Mm -hmm. And now you have a monthly payment on this new fourplex mm -hmm. that's around how much? Thirty five hundred. Okay, and then your rents should cover that mortgage, right? Right. I made like thirty eight hundred and some change. Okay, now, so people do know that he, he that someone could have made that same in, uh, I guess, offer FHA mm -hmm. and still close. So no one like we're talking about a two hundred thousand dollar over two hundred thousand dollar down payment. Someone could have walked in with. Around 18. Yeah, 18 or some close. 13 and yeah. closed if they would have moved into the property as an investment. Correct. But nobody, the distress means opportunity. Right. You can't just walk up to a four unit building and say, hey, I want to buy your property. And they're, they're going to tell you to kick rocks. Mm -hmm. if, mm -hmm. Yeah, because they're getting multiple, multiple offers with more down payments, stronger offers. But when, like you found a distressed situation where they were willing, they, they might have been willing to take. An FHA buyer, mm -hmm. and, and that and, and someone just to pay three and a half percent down. But Jerry, you put down, you know, a little over twenty percent. You're into this property, and now you're the landlord for the first time. So what did mm -hmm. that feel like? Well, one, that was the most expensive property my family ever owned, right? Like they live in Pittsburgh. Mm -hmm. they, they, their house doesn't cost that much at so, all. So you're a pioneer in the family. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, I, Dad, big skin. <laughs> Big skin. He knows what it means. Big skin. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, that was that was cool. That was big, and you know they've had bad experiences in the past being landlords. So when we did this, it was just like, hey, look, I'm gonna cut you a check every month, and um, we're gonna have we're gonna we're gonna this is an equity play for us. Mm -hmm. Buying a property in Oakland, one of the hottest markets in America. You don't don't plan to make a whole bunch of money every month. You're gonna make more than if you were making on the single family. But what we're going to do is we're going to grow your investment. So, so you bought this property in litigation. What do you think the value of your property was as soon as you pulled it out? Ooh, probably seven hundred, easily. Probably more than that. Yeah, seven fifty. Easy. Right, probably seven fifty. So you bought it at six thirty-five, and within the first twelve months, you shot up to seven. You know how you get those uh, those kind of false redfin estimates, mm -hmm. right? 
Zillow. Zillow. Yeah. <laughs> you can't buy homes anymore because <laughs> because they're, they're you know they're false uh, valuations. Uh, but yeah, every ever since I bought that property, I get those those estimates, and I run my own comps mm-hmm. on my property as well. I can probably sell it for eight. So your first investment has worked out for you so far. Absolutely, and honestly, being a landlord, your your question, it's not that hard. Mm-hmm. And and I think that having you guys around to answer the small questions, being a new landlord helped helped me out a whole lot. It was a lot of undue stress that I probably would have went through if you guys weren't already um, landlords. Yeah, because we you know we've got our maintenance crew, so I think you needed to borrow our maintenance crew a few times to get mm-hmm. some quick repairs done. Mm-hmm. Worked out okay. Yep, your window guy. Yeah. CR. CR windows. CR windows. Yeah. Shout out to CR windows. Yep. <laughs> All right. So now we're talking about how you've secured your first fourplex investment, and now at the same time you're scaling your um, your brand as a real estate agent. Mm-hmm. And how do you go from zero deals to now you're averaging you know, two listings a month. Ooh, yeah. Consistency, mm-hmm. for one. Um, leveraging properties that you guys were allowing me to sell um, and continuously educating myself on what it looks like to be a top real estate agent and on top of that, joining one of the top real estate brokerages in Compass. Yeah, I think we've seen your name in magazines or online and... Mm-hmm. You know, you, uh, give us some of your, um, some accolades or, you know, some of your success stories. What have you, what have you, uh, what is your name attached to now? What? Uh, the brand called Jerry now, mm-hmm. uh, as far as being in, in, on social media and uh, representing myself as a, as an agent, being one of the only one, one of the only minority agents, uh, I do tend to, um, find myself on, you know, Bay Area's up-and-coming agent list, uh, top real estate agents in Oakland on social media, top real estate agents, most creative agents on Instagram. Uh, yeah, I do find myself on, on these lists. And, but for me, it's one thing to be an influencer. It's different to have the numbers to, to, to back mm-hmm. and, uh, being an influencer. So this so, year was great. Yeah, so to the young, you know, new, new realtors out there, how do they find you? Tell them about your YouTube channel, Instagram. How do they find you and support you? Uh, at call Jerry Two Wise. Uh, obviously, you can Google my name, Jerry Beverly, and it should pop up. Um, YouTube is rolling. I try to keep educating people. Uh, TikTok is rolling, um, and my Instagram is where you'll see a lot of the transactions I've done. So, one little finance question: You, you, twelve hundred dollars turned you into real into the the direction real estate path. Mm-hmm. We're three quarters in of this year. You've made over three hundred thousand mm-hmm. um, dollars. What would you tell somebody getting started? Um, what kind of what kind of advice would you give them? I would say be around people who are doing what you want to do. Right. I hang around you guys. You guys teach me how to make long term investment plays. As a real estate agent, um, you know I'm hanging out with the top agents at Compass, and I'm seeing you know how they're how they're building their business, you know, what they're focusing on, you know, where they bottleneck. That's what I would tell them. And obviously this is a lifestyle. Being a real estate agent is a lifestyle. And if you don't approach it as a lifestyle, you'll probably get burned out or you just won't understand, you know, the time it takes and the patience it takes to, to reach that, that, that amount of success, I guess. 
Wow, this, this falls into like there's a whole other uh, topic we could touch on, and I call it real estate and relationships. But how do you scale your brand? How do you um, reach your goals of wanting to be a millionaire in this space and manage relationships, whether they be friends, the old friends, the the Pittsburgh friends, mm -hmm. and then you know women. Mm. Really good question. Yeah. Um, I'll be honest, I don't have that many friends. Um, Did you hear that? Can we get some sad music on this one? <laughs> it's not even a sad thing. <laughs> but you're not, you're not, it doesn't bother you. No, no, I go to you guys' house, you know? Mm -hmm. what, what, New Year's coming up, I'll probably be there, right? Like, my friends now is like the people I break bread with. Um, and I'm okay with that. Uh, and even with women, when they come around, you start seeing that it's like, you got to see what they're there for? What they're there for. What, um, what have they been there for you? In, what have the women been there for you, let's say, in the last year or so? What, what do you feel like? But they, let, let them know, because there's some lovers out there that are forgoing their success over a woman or yeah. a relationship. You have to make sure they're, they're adding value to your life. If they're not adding value, they're probably taking away value, whether you know it or not. Same thing as... When you choose to hang out with somebody that's a drug dealer mm -hmm. or not, those are decisions you have to truly make. And I know it doesn't feel good all the time. Not saying that a drug dealer is bad. Yeah, shout out to the drug shout dealers. Shout out to the drug dealers, you <laughs> know, uh, the ones that are actually making good money doing it. You know, they're not just a pawn, but um, that's not the life that I chose. So you have to find women that are living the life that kind of you want to live in the future and hope that it works out. They have to bring some kind of value. I see a lot of men hanging out with them that aren't bringing them value, and I think it affects them. I got another question, a follow-up question, what I, I think a, a guest out there had texted me they want to ask. Uh, uh, looks like Jerry had closed a transaction. Now you're making money, and mm -hmm. you're in a relationship, mm -hmm. and they're seeing new money start to come into the account, new checks being mailed to the, to the house, mm -hmm. um, and they start to say, hey, can I, can I get a... A Louis Gucci, Man. Fendi. Yeah, I had I had a girl. I said, "What do you want for Christmas?" She sent me three options over five hundred dollars. I just don't think you should ask for presents that you can't afford yourself. Honestly. Ooh. Ooh. Oh, that, that. Yeah. Yeah, you shouldn't ask a lot for. Of people aren't getting presents this year now. <laughs> <laughs> right? No, nobody get gifts. We don't. We don't get. We want to give. The new gift is the gift of knowledge. Right. Because that will pay you forever. forever. That it, bag will. It'll be gone. You, yeah. you know, you're going to just want another one. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, you just got to make sure. You know, they start counting your money. That's what happened. To answer your question, oh, they, they start counting. Oh, you can afford it. Hold on now. Oh. I'm trying to buy four properties. Mm -hmm. I only have one. Therefore, the money that I am bringing in is still going to my assets, right? You have to watch women watching your pockets. Okay, pocket watchers. Pocket watchers, yeah. There's pocket watchers and there's uh, uh, license plate chasers. Yep. Um, yeah, so, mm -hmm. you know, but not all women are out there just looking for money. No. Or, Some are, are they? Ooh, that's a good question. <laughs> <laughs> I, had, I, like, I tell you a story, like, Instagram is great, right? Because you see these women on Instagram, and they're like, oh, yeah, let's hang out. I hung out with a girl on Instagram, and she looked okay. My dad always told me, what looks good to you is not always good for you. The older I get... Start to realize Can that you repeat more that more. one more time? What, what Dad always said? What did, give shout out to Dad. What's his name? Full J name? Jerry Beverly, skin tight. <laughs> skin tight one. What's up? Love you, man. What did he tell you? He said, what always looks good to you is not always good for you. 
I never knew what the brother meant when he said that. But now, as I get older, it, it makes more sense because these girls look incredible on Instagram. I want all of them, right? Until you hang out with them, you like realize, like, okay, you hung out. You didn't ask me any questions. You don't know anything about me, but you did take a photo of <laughs> of the food on uh, in, at Lake Chalet. You took a photo of the oh. food, and then I never heard from you again. Mm. Right? Mm. Meal plan. Meal plan. I just Jerry meal plan. I, I'm not trying to sound angry, but I'm just sick of feeding these women. <laughs> I'm just feeding them. I you feel know what like it I'm is? just feeding them at Here, this point. I think this is what it boils down to. In real estate, what you've experienced was... ROI, return on investment. Mm -hmm. You invested your first $5,000, you got $1,500 in return. Now you're looking at how you invest your time with the relationships. Mm -hmm. And here you are spending a $100 plus meal at Lake Chalet. Mm -hmm. And what did you, you, you didn't feel like you got any value, great conversation, uh, a little, you know, cheeks up, no, nothing. It, it, you know what it really goes, let me, <laughs> I think I was there. <laughs> oh, it really goes back around your company, who you keep around you. If, mm -hmm. you're, if you're really hanging around with someone that's taking a picture of something that you eat every single day to remember, maybe you shouldn't be hanging around with that person. Exactly. You got to remind yourself that. was a good that. lesson, Greg. Yep. Yeah. You got to remind yourself. It's hard sometimes. You got to remind yourself like someone. I didn't even look, I didn't I'll, even think to take a picture of my food. Over. Yeah, I was like, you taking a picture? <laughs> Apparently, Lake Chalet is it, I guess it's it's, fancy. is fancier it's fancy than, I guess it's than fancy. Applebee's. No, mm. Applebee's. They don't want to go to Applebee's and Chili's, but... All right, well, we, our audience is saying, man, uh, well, yeah. y'all are, are... They're probably enjoying this more than Stop anything. Stop taking pictures of your food. Yeah. <laughs> so let's fast forward. You are now Jerry Beverly, making over a quarter million dollars consistently a year as a real estate agent and you own some real estate, and you are in the process of getting pre-approved for yet another investment property. Mm -hmm. Tell us about that price point, how you're putting the money together. Mm -hmm. Do you have to sell your fourplex to buy this? Give us some numbers. Um, so with this one... Um, How'd you find it? I found it through you guys, actually. It's, it's, it was one of you guys' past clients. They wanted to sell their property, and... Oh. Shout out to, uh, we used to own that. Yeah, they used to own that building, yeah, too. Yeah, we did used to own that building, too. And what do you, I think we picked it up for like... 650 650 back in the nice. day. That was just coming out of the recession. But um, but what are you looking to get pre-approved for in order to buy a building like this? It's 1.2. 1.2 what? 1.2 million. Wait a second. You, you just bought a property, a fourplex for 630000 Now you're... Our audience is trying to follow this. Now you're able to qualify for a $1.2 million loan? Yes. Why? Yeah. Because it's a triplex. Mm. And it does receive 3500 in rents. Mm -hmm. So my mortgage will probably be around 7000 mm -hmm. And then I'm going to have to pay the difference. So I'll probably have to pay that. Come out of pocket. Wait. This is because you're going to live in it. Exactly. Oh, okay. Yeah. So here's another way to invest. You don't. With your fourplex, you had no, you didn't move into that, and it's fully rented, and it's covering, it's debt servicing. That means it's, the rents are paying for the mortgage. Mm -hmm. But now you're able to qualify for a $1.2 million building, mm -hmm. move in one of the three units, yep. and those tenants are helping you pay your mortgage. Yes. Yes. Wow. And good thing about this building, I can actually create a fourth unit in it. 
So that'll supplement my mortgage a little bit more. Even further. Okay. Mm -hmm. All right. So what's the future for Jerry Beverly? I mean, tell us about, let's hop right back into your, what your future goals are. I know you have a YouTube channel mm -hmm. and uh, actually um, a, a university or some college class was able to get some value from one of your episodes, right? Oh yeah. What happened to Oakland episode? I did get a, a direct message saying that that one video sparked the conversation on, I'm going to say gentrification. Um, in Oakland, mm -hmm. and you just never know who's watching these videos. Um, but yeah, as long as for me, we're putting information out there that people didn't have before, uh, that's re really gratifying. So I'm going to continue to do the same thing. And you know, I think all of us we're going to continue to to shift our content, and um, you know, maybe it's quicker content, but as long as it's it's educating people and giving people hope, it's worth it for us. There you go. Yeah, that's mm -hmm. some good information right there. Um, so just, I guess we can close out this conversation, wrap it up kind of soon, but um, we just want to hear, you know, how far you've come, how long it's taken you, and where is your, what, where's your end all goal? What's, what's the end game for, for Jerry Beverly? Well, you know, I, I mean, every year I write down what I want to do. Uh, sometimes I reach it, sometimes I don't. I want to sell more real estate. So we are at 20 million this year. Um, we're what is November, so we'll close around 20 million and some change. Next year, I, I want to try to make 60 million. I want to, I want to sell 60 million in, in real estate, but I also want to buy four properties as well. That's the future. Um, also, I want to, I, I, I have, I am working with somebody who's a newer agent um, like myself, and we're creating a system. So, uh, automation, I think, is what's next as far as prospecting and also just creating content and, and making sure that uh, my clients are informed and I'm, and I'm servicing them how they should be serviced. I give, this, I give this career my all and I try to study as much as possible to be the best professional I can in this space. So I'll continue to do that. That's cool, Greg. How do you want to close it out? And then we're going to go into a little bonus uh, some bonus footage about some of the biggest fails where you bombed, bad decisions, biggest L's you've taken in the game. But uh, before we get into that bonus footage, Greg, uh, what would you like to, you know, how would you like to close this segment out? Well, I'd just say that, uh, Jerry, you've come a long way. And a lot of people listening um, could just watch that path, ask about that path, and follow that path and uh, become successful in real estate or anything you do, as long as you kind of keep to it. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. people mm -hmm. should follow you. Yeah, follow me, call Jerry. And one of our taglines for the divine way is that if you do it the divine way, we guarantee you're gonna have a payday. Have you had some paydays? Hella paydays. About to get hella more paydays. <laughs> I like that. I started saying things like it's not about the money these days. Oh, okay. You know, yeah. like, it's not about the money. It's just, That's you when know. you know you're making money. I think yeah. so, yeah. Mm -hmm. you used to hear, I used to hear white dudes say that all the time. Yeah. What you mean it's not about the money, man? Shit. Shit. <laughs> <laughs> but I get it. It's not about the money. It's about the inspiration. It's about help. It's about, it's about problem solving at the end of the day. And I think with our culture, there's a lot of problems that haven't been solved. And I think we're all helping to solve those problems day by day. Absolutely. So I hope you really enjoyed our guest, Jerry Beverly. Let's say if, if, if you want this knowledge, if you want, I'd say go to our website. Go to yeah. our website, mm -hmm. um, click around, and 
press the right buttons and you can have us on your team. Check it out. Yeah, divinewaytv.com. We've got a website. We offer one-on-one coaching. And, um, you know, our time is $500 an hour, but we might be able to teach you how to make $5,000 an hour. So... Mm-hmm. Or a quarter million dollars a year, mm-hmm. so it can be life changing. But you gotta, you gotta come with us with the right mindset. Yeah, because if you don't, it's not gonna work. So, mm-hmm. uh, you know, check us out on Instagram. We're on there. I think we have like three friends or three followers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> quite a few followers. Usually. Oh, okay, okay, we're Doing growing. Good. Doing we're good. Growing. All growing. But um, you know, we're 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 proven. We've we're Divine Brothers of twenty years in the game, and we've inspired over twenty millionaires. Jerry, you're one of them. Um, so we, uh, we know what we're doing in this space. So check us out. Stay tuned for more guests, uh, in season two, the divine way we out.